on back order coming in, and all this stuff goes in special places. So we're going to have a good time, and we're getting contacts with groups to have concerts. Somebody told me this morning they can get Mercy Me over here. We'll have to see about that, but uh, that's what they said, not me. I didn't say that. They said that, but uh, how many know we're going to get there? Amen. And it's just awesome what God's getting ready to do and what He's already doing and the lives that are already being touched. And we cherish your prayers. We thank you for your prayers. Praying for us, praying for the staff, praying for the ministry, praying for one another, praying for this church, praying for the atmosphere, praying for our area. And uh, we, we thank you so much, and we bless you for that. If you have your Bibles, we'll go to Revelation. I want to just share a few minutes with you tonight. Revelations chapter 3. We want to read about our fifth church here. And they've been very interesting how we've been able to study them about how they apply to us today. And tonight, I believe, is something that's very necessary. All of them is necessary. But it's something that's very near to where we live in this area. I get invited to different places. And things are okay with the leadership. But it seems like every time I, I, I go somewhere... I get under attack or I'm doing something wrong and I get called or rebuked about it. But uh, that's because, as we're going to study tonight, the Holy Spirit and tradition does not run together. And people want you to be like them when we're called to be like Jesus. And the whole thing about tradition is to take the place of being Christ-like and being rule-like and legalistic. And that's what Jesus is talking to this church here in Revelations chapter 3, starting with verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, and let me just tell you, Sardis was the most prosperous city of the time. It was the most prosperous city. It was the most prosperous area. It was the richest. When it was attacked and, and they took over a billion dollars of stuff, according to today's currency, they took over a billion dollars of stuff they hauled out. It was the richest city of the time. But this is the thing that when Paul was writing, they had already been plundered. And what happened was these are people who were living in the past according to what they used to have but what they don't have anymore. They couldn't let go of the past. And we saw that in third world countries that they lived still in the mentality of desiring to live like they did in the, gov- the government rule days of Eva and Juan Perón down in Argentina. They still wanted to live in the rich prosperous times And they were living in a fantasy world and not accepting the times or how they can correct it and why should they correct it. They kept talking of the good old days. And Paul's writing to a church who is living in the good old days. And that's where you fall into tradition. Always about this is the way we used to do it. The good old days. When when God was in the church. Before drums and electric guitars. When an organ was all you had. The good old days. And so, <laughs> uh, some, people, uh, some people on the internet's already getting nervous, not here. But anyway, how many of you know that you have to always be constantly growing? One thing I've always done, even in, in Central and South America, is upset the religious spirit. Wear pants with holes in it. Put lights in a church. Neon lights, laser lights, backgrounds, and just continue having change and exchange, if anything, to confront that we never fall, and God help me, never fall into a legalistic or religious spirit. That this is the way things have to be done. 
And Paul's writing this church that lived in the good old days and said, These things he, because it's all about pleasing Jesus, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works and you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are all ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Now, this is very interesting. In all the seven letters, this is the only time that Jesus speaks of the works being bad. In all the other letters, he speaks of the works being good. But here, he speaks about the works being bad. And he says, I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. And you will have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. Hallelujah. That's us. Amen. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Oh, we want to be worthy before the Lord. How many wants to be worthy before the Lord? Counted worthy. Amen. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name. My God, he's going to confess our name before my father and before his angels. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's why they sing that song, it'll be worth it all. The day the Father's going to, you'll be dressed in white, undefiled garments, and the Father's going to, and Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus is going to call your name before the Father and all the angels. Woo! You know, you watch them old English shows where they're having their all primped up fancy parties and, and they'll say, Lord Gaylord, as he walks in with Princess whoever, uh, Elizabeth. And they all walk in, everybody claps and all that. And then they'll mention everyone by name. Boy, there's going to be a day in heaven where Jesus Christ himself is going to call Sister Sharon by name. And all the angels are going to rejoice. And, and God the Father is going to say, come on in, my daughter. But he calls us all by name. Because we have not given in to those evil spirits that attack the church. We're not going to, amen? Holy Spirit, help us. And so that's why we're studying this. And the Word of God is always a prophetic challenge about real issues that challenge the church and that want to attack the church. And we want to be careful of these things. They lived in the past. Once was good, but now it's not. And Jesus in verse 2 is very direct. I've not found thy works perfect. They are bad. The only time he mentions bad works. And they're imperfect. They're imperfect. They're imperfect before the eyes of God. That's why it's so important just to get before God. And David says, Lord, try me and know my heart if there be any wicked way. And we did that study a while back. And, and I know that you're of that same heart. Lord, if there's anything wrong in my heart, if there's an attitude that's not right, Lord, help me and deliver me. There's a few things. Let me just read a few things to you tonight. Uh, this is written by Charles Swindle. I heard about a fellow who attended a traditional college where students were to live according to strict, very strict rules. They weren't supposed to do any work on Sunday. None. Guess what? He spied on his wife and caught her hanging out the clothes on Sunday afternoon. Are you ready? The guy turned his wife in to the authorities. But guess what? He had to end up living with her for the rest of his life. I know a man approaching 60 years of age who is still haunted by the memory of being raised by hypocritical parents. Listen to this. 
It has taken him most of his adult life to face the full truth that he was emotionally and spiritually abused by their deception. Throughout his childhood, his family attended a church where they were taught you shouldn't go to movies. This was so firmly enforced that in Sunday church service, people would be called to come forward to the altar and confess if they have done some of these other sins. The problem is, his family went to the movies on Friday and Saturday nights, always in secret. But they made it very clear that they should not say anything about it, and they drilled them, keep your mouth shut. Here he is, a little boy, being lectured on the way home from the theater. Don't tell anybody Sunday that we did this. Of course, they went to see the film miles away from the church, so church folks wouldn't know. Not until recently was the man come to realize how damaging the hypocrisy was to his walk with Christ. Legalism has no pity on people. Legalism makes my opinion your burden, makes my opinion your boundary, and makes my opinion your obligation. I'll be hitting this more later on, but I want you to just remember that. Legalism or tradition makes my opinion your burden, makes my opinion your boundary, and makes my opinion your obligation. That's written by Max Lucado. So I thought that was a good thing to understand. Now, look with me in James chapter 2, verse 17. The book of James chapter 2, verse 17. We once were obligation under the law, but now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. How many can say amen? James 2, verse 17. It says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even demons believe and tremble. But, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And so it talks about faith and it talks about works. Let me give you a few things here. When we're talking about tradition... We're talking about rules and regulations, obligations and boundaries set forth by man, not under the leading or the guiding of interpretation of the Holy Spirit, but many times by self-interpretation. Because since the beginning of time, when Adam was uh, separated from the presence of God, men try to find a way in the presence of God by being good enough or by works and not interpreting the way the Holy Spirit wants us to know how to walk according to the Word of God. And what happens with tradition, what happens with religion, what happens with getting stuck in a certain way, listen to this, works are things we do not from the heart. We do out of habit. You're in church tonight. You made the effort to come to church tonight. Get dressed, take a short nap, get to church. It's not out of a habit because you wouldn't go through the effort. It's out of the heart. And it's a dangerous thing, and we've got to always be careful that we're not in, in, in the sound booth, we're not in the children's church, we're not on the worship team, out of any reason except it's a heartfelt sacrifice unto the Lord. We're not here by habit, we're here by pleasure. And, and, and like I shared this morning about seeking God and knowing God and getting to know more of His Word. But if we do things not from the heart, it's dead. It doesn't matter how good we do it. If it's not from the heart, if it's for any other reason, but praise and glory to Jesus, 
it's dead. And Jesus says, your works are dead. And it's, you're about to the point of death. Be careful, repent, or at least I come. Because your garments are defiled. Anything done out of any other reason except the heart is not acceptable to God as a living, pleasing sacrifice. We should never, ever do anything under the feeling of being obligated. Sardis was a traditional church. And this is the thing about tradition. Tradition is poison. It gets into the system and then it slowly grows because there's no heart. And I'm just doing it and I hope I'm good enough to do it. Look with me in Mark chapter 7 and let's see what Jesus said here. Very strong words. Mark chapter 7. Now you may say, well, then brother Russell, if, if my heart's not in it, should I just quit? Well, no, you need to pray that God gives you a passion for what you've offered, volunteered for, or what you felt you're supposed to do anyway. God loves what type of giver? A cheerful giver. And so you don't want to fall into the trap of, of, well, you know, I feel obligated to give. No. But you know you need to give. So who needs to change? You need to stop giving or you need to give? No, you need to pray, God, make me a cheerful giver. Help me love my church. Help me love your people. Help me love to uh, minister to the children. Help me love these little babies that, that have things coming out of both ends. Help me do it from my heart. Help me love them. And Jesus said in Math, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 7 verse 5, it says, Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition? They even used the word. And Jesus said, Here it comes. Why don't they walk according to the tradition of the elders? But eat bread with unwashed hands. And he answered them and said, Well, did Isaiah the prophet, did, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. We're going to show you tradition is the commandments and the rules of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold, listen now, you lay aside the word of God and you hold the tradition of men. The washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. And he said unto them, all too well. Well, you're good at rejecting the commandment of God. You are a professional of escaping the commands of God that you may keep your tradition. You are a professional of explaining why you do what you do and why it's accepted and why we're going to build a church around this tradition and this doctrine. You're good at explaining why you stay away from this word and the spirit of God and the holy principles of God. You've you're, you're, you're gotten real good at explaining why you do it. You've got a lot of people following the man-made rule and doctrine. Because you've put aside the word of God. And what you sound sounds good. But it's not good before the eyes of God. All too well you reject the commandment of God. That you may keep your tradition. I'll die. Before I let go of what I believe. Uh, you have to kill me. Before I let go of this tradition. I could say some things but I don't want. 
For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and he who curses his father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, what profit you might have received from me is, is carbon. That is a gift to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mother, making the word of God no effect. Your tradition makes the word of God of no effect. The word that can heal you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word that gives you peace. The word that can guide you. The word that can comfort you. The very spoken, breathed word of God is of no effect. It will do you no good at all. Through your tradition. Through your tradition, which you have handed down. And many such things you do. Now this is the way grandmother and great-grandmother and great-grandfather believed. And if you change that, you are going against the family. How dare you? Going to a non-denominational church. We have been of this convention and this denomination for 150 years. And how dare you go to one of them non-denominational churches. You are blasphemy to the family. The tradition has been handed down from generations to generations. These are the type of shoes we wear. This is the type of tie we wear. This is the way we comb our hair. That was good. Write that, keep that recording and write that down. That goes in the bulletin next week. That's good. I just, oh, that was anointing. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, 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 I'm speaking the truth. I remember preaching in a Mennonite church in Central America. And the, the ladies had head coverings. And the little boy was flipping over on the bench and grabbed his mother, grabbed, was trying to grab anything not to bust his head open, and grabbed her hair co head covering. And that's the only thing he could grab. And fell down, pulling her head covering off. And she was more worried about, I called it the diaper. She was more worried about the diaper that goes on top of her head than the child that fell and hit the pew. Oh, my head's uncovered in church. Oh, God, I hope I don't die. She was more worried about the head covering than she was about the child. They're more worried about how long your hair is, how painted your face is, how long your sleeves are, how long your dress is, who wears stockings, who don't wear stockings, what type of service. If we do this, if we do that, they're so worried about all this stuff and making void the effect of the Word of God through traditions. Those things have passed away. Those things are not for today. This will never work. Who made you and named you Holy Ghost? Not one person has personal interpretation of the scripture. It's alive. So Jesus, verse 14, I'm meddling here. When he called all the multitude to himself. See, he wasn't ashamed. He said, come on. Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. Y'all come here. I got something to tell you. Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. But the things you wear, things you eat, things you do. Mm -mm. But the things which come out of him, his heart. These are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears, same thing he said in Revelation, let him hear. When he had entered a house among the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he told them, and he went forth and, and he explained the parable. Traditions making void. It renders the word of God to no effect. If you're taking notes, write this down. Tradition is danger. Tradition is danger.
We have to be careful about falling into tradition. It's deadly and it's hard to identify. Tradition will never produce increase, liberty, or freedom in lives of tradition it places. Jesus said this. In Jesus' day, those who knew the word, listen to this. This is, this is so sad. Help us, Holy Spirit. This is what was happening right here. Jesus said, you missed the day of the visitation of the prophesied one of over 4,000 years. I am the seed of Abraham. I am the lamb sacrificed in the garden. I am Moses' rod. I'm the will within the will of Ezekiel. I am all the thousands of prophecies fulfilled in your very eyes today. And in chapter 4 of Luke, they wanted to grab them and throw them off of the cliff. They missed the day of their visitation. And they made the presence of the healer of none effect because of their tradition. And listen, I can tell you as a little child when my parents, I was in fifth grade when my parents were kicked out of a denominational church for uh, speaking in other tongues and other reasons. I remember as a child that I got angry with my parents and not with the denomination. Because my parents, because of this new wildness, seeing my mama fall out and all that, that made me mad at them because we got kicked out because they got into an occult. And I was in fifth grade. That young, because I was raised a certain way all of my life and that young. And it took over two years for God to break me. And I had to get sick with the flu. Till a lady prophesied in the service and says, unless you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not getting healed. And I went up and repented and raised my hand. And, and uh, my dad prayed for me. I got the tongues. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, started speaking in new tongues. And then I got healed and was playing ball after church. But even at a young age... Tradition is installed into your heart. I reject that. I don't accept that. Oh, that's not the way I was taught. Well, let Jesus teach us what is right and what is the way and what is the truth. His way works. His way is peace. His way is life. Tradition is deadly and they missed out on Christ. And churches are churches without the presence of Christ when we hold on to the traditions. And we will keep a tradition before letting Christ have his way. That's dangerous. And we don't stuff, th- stuff things down people's throat. Y'all been here long enough and you know that. We want the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and teach you. But you don't fall into the trap where... We put things away that, that, no, I was taught that's not right. Well, did the Holy Spirit teach you that? Or did a man take the Bible and use one scripture to explain a hundred scriptures to make it void? What's true and what's not true? Hmm? It's quiet in here. Tradition is poisonous. Some say I'm a religious person and they think that sounds good enough. And that, that's a big difference. That they want to be Christ-like uh, or one who is just in the motion. Am I really Christ-like or am I just like somebody in the motion? When Jesus countered religion, he would rebuke them and call them whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. He says, I've come to, dem- to, come, I've come to demonstrate the Father and you want to demonstrate your own beliefs. 
You have an opportunity to see the Father through me, but you want to keep your traditions because you just want to be dead men's bones. Amen? So God and religion is always in a warfare. It begins, of course, with Adam and goes on about the awareness of God. I heard your voice and I was afraid. You'll see religion and tradition many times teaching fear. Teaching fear. Misinterpreting the teaching of the judgments. Misinterpreting uh, this and taking this and that. You're, 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 the, the blood of Jesus is not enough. You got to do these works and you got to do this and you got to do that. It's not by grace alone. So you see they're trying to put fear in you. So they, they can, the doctrine and the tradition uh, holds you and it's captive and it's chains. Religion can help us fill life's void. Something's missing so let's make a guidebook. Let's make a guidebook. The Bible's good, but let's make our own interpretations of it. And let's say, no, that's passed away, and that's not true for today. Let's make a guidebook, and if you live by this guidebook, you'll be okay. How I many know the Bible, the entire Bible is the guidebook? Amen? Religion and tradition distracts us from the Holy Spirit and Jesus as the head of the church. It builds a sets of rules to appease a distant and an angry God. That's what tradition is, a set of rules to try to make God happy with us by living a certain ways. Listen to this. Rules help with guilt, but no one can keep the rules. So let's change the rules. Is that true? We're all human. We'll get a guidebook. We're going to mess the rules up. So let's change the rules. And as it goes, the denominations today, there's not one big denomination. They're broken in pieces because some believe in the virgin birth and some don't believe in the virgin birth. Some believe in this. Some don't believe in that. Some believe in this. It's all broken up in pieces. Why? Because you can never be unified over the opinion of man. You can only be unified by the spirit of the word of God. Amen. This is good. It's truth. Rules help with guilt, but no one can keep the rules, so we change the rules. Religion can pretend to keep the rules, but let anyone know I can't, so let's just pretend. And then we fall into the area, ha, 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 pride. I've kept the rules since a child. Well, you have one thing left to do. Give it all away. I've kept the rules. I, uh, I was raised sleeping up them, under them benches. I was raised this way. It won't bring you to heaven and it won't give you victory. It's not living according to the rules. It's living by the Spirit and according to the Word of God. Amen. So what happens? People fall into pride. I'll read this one next week. People fall into pride because we try to keep the rules or we try to pretend we do. And so people get haughty because I don't want anyone to know I cannot keep the rules. But you will not know I can't keep the rules, so I'll pretend to keep the rules. I have a big ring on my finger, and I am a third degree this and a third degree that. I am a big shot in the church, but I secretly abuse my daughter. 
But the church will not do anything to me because they will not believe my wife when she says that because I am this and I am that. And I've dealt with it since I've been here. I've dealt with a wife who suffered all of her life because of a big-time deacon who abused their daughter and then made her, beat her shut, silent, so he can adopt another daughter to continue what he did to his own daughters. And I saw this woman dying in agony. But she confessed it then. That's one of the things I was going, I'm going to be sharing about suicide. What you leave in intensifies. And if the family tell you, don't you tell our, our, our little secrets? they rather you alive than suicidal. And if you got to speak out what's happening behind closed doors, then you need to speak out. And it's the same with religion, pride, and arrogant to pretend. So religion looks down on others that don't believe their fantasy and believe their work. I got looked down the other night because I pray too loud. Well, sugar, wear some earplugs because I'm going to pray like I've always prayed. Next time, I'm going to pray louder. They want it non-denomination. I got up and said, where's the God of Elijah? That went over real good. But listen, but listen, the thing about it is, is that we're not man pleasers because man pleasers means fear controlled. And tradition will keep you into that fear controlled way. Religion, (coughs) so religion looks down on others (coughs) that don't live to their fantasies or their rules. Doctrine is to build my ego, my pride, fix my guilt. Help me look down on anyone different. Look down on anyone different. What, what, the first thing. What, denomin, what denomination are you? And by what you respond is how I judge you. You can be at my wife. We were at Cracker Barrel. What name do y'all? I mean, instead of saying, oh, isn't it a wonderful day? Oh, you're a brother. You're a sister in the Lord. Praise God. We're all going to heaven. Instead of we're all going to heaven, what happens? What name do y'all baptize in? Well, we don't baptize the name of your God, that's for sure. <laughs> this is going to go real good on TV, won't it? <laughs> but you know what? We want Jesus to come to this area, and we don't want this to be the religious belt. We want it to be the truth of belt of the Holy Ghost. So tradition builds the ego. I'm going to finish here. Pride. Fixes my guilt. Helps me look down on people different than me. Anything different than my rules or traditions doesn't work. Whoever believed of having drums and a guitar and all this lights and everything else in church. Why are we getting wild? Just to make religion mad. Just to go against tradition. The front of our church, there's nothing traditional about it. Why didn't we get a steeple? Oh yeah, yeah, when we were building this church. Why didn't we get a steeple? Well, for one, we needed to buy the palm trees and the steeple was too much money. I don't see why we need a steeple because the church in Shreveport had a steeple and the tornado tore it off just the other night. 
The steeple always gets blown away. And when we had a steeple at our first church, it was extra money to get a monkey to get up there to, ta- to nail the tiles on because nobody in their right mind would climb a steeple to put tiles on a steeple. So we had to pay extra. <laughs> and I don't see anywhere in the Bible where we need a steeple. It's just for looks. I'd rather a tree. Thank God, Brother Terry, we put a fountain. Why talk about a steeple? We got a fountain. We got flagpoles. We got a huge lit up sign. And they go, Why we need a sign like that? Just to make you talk. <laughs> Can you imagine the people today who remember not letting Billy Graham preach because his hair was too long? They ran him out of town. Your hair is too long on the collar. You cannot hold a revival here. Boy, I'd like to be, I'd like to see what they're feeling today. i got to finish with this. I'll get to this next scripture next week because it's in three translations. But I wrote, I, I got a little song I translated. And I changed the word. War! <gasps> because tradition causes war. So I changed the word. Instead of war, it's the word Tradition. Tradition, oh yeah, what it is good for, absolutely nothing. Tradition, oh good God, what it is good for, absolutely nothing. Listen to me, oh war, I despise because it means destruction of innocent lives. Tradition, it ain't nothing but a heartbreaker. Tradition, friend. Only of the undertaker. Oh, war. It's an enemy to all mankind. The point of war blows my mind. Tradition has caused unrest with the younger generation. Induction, then destruction. Woo! I'll practice it. We'll practice. <laughs> Now you may say, that was crazy. You're not supposed to do that in the church. We done did it. It's done, been done. Just to make them devils stirred up and make them mad. Well, come on, baby. I passed the time, so. Uh, as you were talking about the, the rule book, you know, that they have out, there was, uh, in one of the ladies' meetings, uh, mentor meetings, we were talking about a certain religion. And in this religion, uh, somebody was asking me some questions. And I honestly said, well, I really don't know exactly what they believe so that I can refute what they believe. So a sister in the church gave me a little pamphlet, and it was all about what that religion believed. So I took the pamphlet home. It was a Wednesday night. You were at a conference. So I take this little pamphlet home, and I just laid it on the side of my nightstand because, you know, it was time to go to bed. I had it in my room. And I actually felt a spirit lift off that thing. But I knew I couldn't rebuke it because I needed the information in there so that I could refute it. <laughs> and I said, I know what that spirit is, but he'll just have to, you know, he can't touch me, and I'll deal with him later. So he gets home Thursday, Thursday night, Friday morning, he tells me. Now, he didn't even know about my little booklet. I didn't have time to tell him. He says, I saw a spirit walking around in the house. And he said, 
It was a man. He was dressed in a suit. He was very, very neat as he could be, and his hair was parted on the side, and his name was Doug. He says, what the heck is going on in here? And I said, oh, that's just that religious spirit that lifted off that book. Remember whenever I told you that? I said, we'll deal with him later, but I have to keep the book because I need this information so that I can teach my ladies about what this, reme- what this means. So if you hold to the traditions of men, mm. you invite a spirit into your home that you don't want to have to mm-hmm. deal with mm? because it messes with your mind. Mm. And it, when you try to believe the word, it counteracts faith mm-hmm. because it doesn't work by faith. You were talking about faith. It doesn't work by faith. It works by rules. Mm. And so when you break the rule, even though you really want to step out in faith, then guilt sets in because it says, well, remember, you know, they, you won't be accepted Remember, mm, you will be judged. True. Remember, people will point their finger, you see, and yeah. it reminds you of all of the rules. And you can't live by faith. Mm, mm, and if you can't mm. live by faith, you can't be just, mm, you know. That's true. So, anyway, I just wanted to share that story because it was so interesting. And we did deal with the Spirit. Got dug out of there. We got dug out. <laughs> Doug, she ain't sleeping with Doug anymore. Thank God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Praise God. That was a good point. Thank you, honey. Hallelujah. Let's just praise God for freedom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're in control. We submit to you, Spirit of truth, even as they did in the book of Acts, that you were sent to the church to guide and lead and take the place of Christ presently in the church. Even though Christ is here, Holy Spirit, you are here to guide, to lead, to comfort, to minister, to provide. Thank you, Father, for confirming your word. Thank you for teaching us, O teacher unction of the Holy Spirit we desire truth we desire to be pleasing to you and to live in undefiled garments that Lord we do not miss the day of visitation we do not miss the hour we live in to be a blessing to mankind and reach to this world oh Father we receive and we hunger after the truth thank you for moving on us and giving us the grace and the wisdom on how to do warfare against tradition and the spirit of religion that pushes man down when you came to lift man up. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we submit to you. And we praise you for your perfect work. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. We bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be here to minister to you. But hug and neck.